0: and give you the intro for, uh, and then Jen is going to come, Jen, my wonderful wife, is going to come and speak to us uh, on the first part of this preaching series. Now, if you are a Christian, then uh, you almost certainly have a desire and a heart to be more like Jesus. You say, as a believer, as a Christian, I, I want my life to look more like the life of Christ the life that I read in the Gospels. But if we're honest, that seems impossible. It seems unachievable. And what we're going to do over the next five weeks is look at how that is possible. We're going to look at how, as believers, as Christians, we can become more like Jesus. And the passage that we're going to base our series on is from Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 to 23. I'm just going to read it to us now. This is going to be our base for the next five weeks. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, the Greek word that translates fruit refers to the the natural product of a living thing. And Paul used fruit to help us understand the product of the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells inside of every believer. You see, the fruit of the Spirit is produced by the Holy Spirit. It's not by our works. It's a fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, interestingly, the Greek word here is singular. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, etc., etc. It's a singular word because it shows us that the fruit of the spirit is unified; that 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 the characteristics are not independent of each other. Now, the truth is, some of us probably are good or, or strong in some of these fruits of the spirit, and, and weak in other areas of these fruits of the spirit. But but Paul is saying to us that there is a, a single fruit of the Spirit, and it is a unified, all of these characteristics. And as we grow as believers, as we grow as Christians, we are called to grow in all of the fruits of the Spirit. Now that's a challenge. That's not easy, to grow in the fruits of the Spirit. But we are called to grow in the fruits of the Spirit. And as we do, we grow to become more like Jesus. That's where this is going. The fruits of the Spirit make us more like Jesus. Now, just a couple of other important things to note before Jen comes up. Like physical fruit, the fruits of the Spirit need time to grow. The fruits of the Spirit will not ripen in our lives overnight. And like a successful gardener, we need to battle against weeds and make sure that our lives are watered with God's Word and with the the Holy Spirit to enjoy the sweet fruit that this scripture talks about. We need to to weed out the weeds in our life of our sinful old nature that want to choke the work of the Holy Spirit. Growing in the fruits of the Spirit is part of the discipleship process. It's part of becoming more like Jesus. And you know what? The more that people see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives the more that you will point them to Jesus. As we give the Holy Spirit more control in our lives, he begins to do in our lives what only he can do, shape us and grow us to be more like Jesus. Now, Paul gives and lists Nine characteristics. Nine characteristics to describe the fruit of the Spirit in the book of Galatians. We're going to start today, and Jen's going to preach on love. And then every week from here, we're going to look at two characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. And the last thing I'll say before Jen comes up is this. Fruits are to be eaten. Your apples, your pears, your mangoes, your bananas, they are to be eaten. The world we are living in is starving, desperate for love, for patience, for kindness, for gentleness. Desperate to see these characteristics displayed in the lives of Christians, in the lives of of believers. Okay. Brilliant. I've kind of set set us up and Jen's gonna come and speak to us about love. So can we give Jen a round of applause?
1: hello hello that's better (laughs) okay um so this series will be good for me because i have trouble remembering all the different fruit of the spirit and the origin which they're in but my three children and many other children here today are brilliant at doing that they can tell you all the fruits of the spirit and in the right order and they can sing a song because a while ago at kids club they did a brilliant series on that so do at the end of the meeting go and ask them to sing that for you grace who's a preteen will thank me for that so today we're going to look at what the bible says about love and we're going to look at three specific questions number one what is love number two why are we called to love others and what effect does it have and then number three how do we love others as jesus would have us so looking at this um, fruit of the spirit of love is ridiculously good timing for me. As you've heard about this new day camping trip, I was with the kids and I with young people and I came back yesterday. And on many occasions during this week, if you'd looked at me closely or yes, you wouldn't have had to look very close at all. You would have seen that I was not displaying fruit um, of the Spirit, especially the fruit of love. So on the first day we went, I was really excited, full of energy. I was clean. I'd blow dried my hair, straightened my hair at home. Um, I had lots of energy. And I I felt a real love for the young people. I think it was a Holy Spirit thing. I was like, this is amazing. I want to serve them. I want to see what God will do. But that first night at 1.30am when I was trying to sleep and I couldn't because of these booming voices and lots of chats between people in different tents, which was obviously quite loud. DeMarco, you've got the loudest voice known to man. I did not feel love towards them at all. I felt quite annoyed. I wasn't showing patience or I wasn't full of joy. Um, And this camping experience, it also affected how I treated Mark. You might know Mark often has advice for me about many things. One of these things is cooking rice. So I was cooking my rice, my basmati rice was perfect. It didn't need no advice, but Mark felt he should contribute. So at that point, I was not showing the fruit of love. I was um, not showing gentleness or anything like that. But do you know what? The fact that I wasn't feeling love at all at those moments, that's completely irrelevant because I am a follower of Jesus. And my raison d'etre is to love God and love other people. I'm not saying that emotions or how we feel is irrelevant. That isn't important thing and we need to work on learning what our emotions are, being able to recognize them and seeing what they are so that we can manage them optimally. But if we are a follower of Jesus and we don't feel love towards someone, that doesn't mean we shouldn't love them. It means that we have to choose to love them irrelevant of what we are feeling. But the amazing thing is that we can't do this on our own. It's a supernatural and is a picture of the gospel and God's redeeming love for us. So I know I'm a follower of Jesus, and I want to love God and others. I want to do this more and more. Um, So is this a sort of try harder type of thing? No, it isn't. It's a worship God, submit to him more, spend time with Jesus, allow the Holy Spirit to impact every area of our life type of thing so let's have a look at love what is love we use the word love all the time don't we we use it quite casually i might say i love arsenal i love minions i love bubble tea but what does it actually mean god shows us love by sending his son love is the first of the fruit of the spirit as we've seen the rest are expressions of love flowing out from the love we have if we live in love, then we will live in peace, patience, goodness, etc. That will follow. Um, This week at New Day, I asked some of my friends what they thought love was. And I think we're going to see that now. Love Uh, is love.
0: Sacrificial Um. (laughs) love is accepting people for who they are. What love is, Uh, love is what God has shown me every day in my life, and it's it's more than I can comprehend and and, take it. Love is knowing that you Love is when someone
1: unhappy,
0: no matter what happens. Mm. Love is when you have a passion for something or someone. Mm. Love is when you know mm. that you care about something or someone. Mm. Love is when you that, no matter like what someone does, you always love yeah. I think love is when you care for someone or something that. Like in a deep
1: so i think love is valuing someone else's needs above your own i guess thank you um so let's look at what the bible says about love jacob are you there jacob's going to come up and read from the bible so jacob is one of our wonderful young people give him a round of applause thank you Corinthians one verse thirteen. No, one Corinthians chapter thirteen verse four to eight. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it, it does not dishonour others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres. Love never fails. But when there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there there is knowledge, they will pass away. Thanks, Jacob. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. This is such a beautiful picture of what love is. This is what the Bible says love is. And it's what God is, and it's his character. Um, just to make a comment on the last bit of scripture in church often we really focus on what our gifts are our skills are we say "Oh, I'm really good at that I want to use that to serve God and that's a good thing that's a biblical thing we're called to do that but it's good to remember that all of this is worthless if it's not being done in love if we're not being loving giftedness and leadership activity, uh, ability are worthless with love. If we want to know what love is, we look at the Bible, at scriptures, we look at who God is, we look at his character, and we look at what he has done for us. I'm just going to read from Romans chapter 8 and verse 38 to 39. This is the message translation. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. We can be completely 100% secure in the love God has for us. And therefore, that is a safe place from which we can love others. We can also have a look at the Bible Um, from many, many of examples of how Jesus shows his love extravagantly. When Jesus showed love extravagantly, when he was living on earth, it shocked people, it was out of the box, it was against societal norms. So some of my favourites are um, Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. So Jesus intentionally spoke to a woman who was shunned and shamed by society. He showed her kindness and respect, and he pointed her towards himself. Um, also, Jesus forgiving the women caught in adultery. Her, her society and culture required her to be stoned to death. But Jesus cleverly protected her from this, told her to sin no more, and sent her on her way safely and with a God-given dignity and respect. Um, Also, Jesus putting back on the servant's ear that Peter had taken off with his sword. So Peter understandably um, struck out in anger when a group came to him in the Garden of Gethsemane and they were going to lead Jesus to his death. But um, despite Jesus' imminent death, his imminent criminal's death, he took the time to heal the ear and put the ear back on the servant. And lastly, um, the example I've put here is Jesus sharing dinner with the man that he knew was going to betray him and lead him on to death. There are lots more examples. Maybe you can have a think more about them and chat about that later. But seeing that picture of Jesus as love there, isn't, aren't you so glad that it's Jesus that we are following? It's, it's just amazing, those pictures of love. So why are we called to love others and what effect does it have? jesus tells us that the greatest commandments are to love it's simple but hard and bob goff he wrote a book called everybody always becoming love in a world full of setbacks and difficult people this is a great read it's easy to love people when things are going well and when people are easy um, and they're easy to go on with. But when life is very, very difficult, when there's lots of different challenges, and when people are difficult, um, when they're not nice, when they're unkind to us, it can be a very, very hard thing to do. Bob Goff also said, Jesus never said doing these things would be easy, but he said it would work. Mark 12, verse 30 to 31 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And um, just a note in this um, Jesus says to love others as we love ourselves. He doesn't say don't love ourselves. He recognizes that we need to love ourselves in the sense that of honoring who God has made us and who we are becoming in him. And in doing that, that affects how we treat others um, how we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. So we are called to love ourselves and love others with that same love or even more so with self-sacrifice um, and maybe in greater, greater depths at some times. And in Matthew 5, verse 43 to 48, it says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor, and hate your enemy but I tell you love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you it's so revolutionary and turns everything upside down so I had a look at what loving others why do we do it and what does it achieve what's the point of it why did Jesus tell us to love others Um, and I came up with a list it's certainly not exhaustive um, so maybe if people are talking about this topic during the week, you can think of other reasons um, or other areas in which it impacts our lives. So following Jesus commands, as we love others, we're doing what Jesus has told us to do. It's a natural outcome of a spirit filled life. So it's a natural consequence of our new life in Jesus. It allows us to share what has been freely given to us. It gives us a tangible and purposeful mission as a follower of Jesus. It can be fulfilled wherever we are and whoever we're with. It makes others feel good. It builds community, God's family, the house of God, church. It can be a safe place, home, and it brings light where there's darkness. It's a picture of the gospel and points others to Jesus. So how do we love others as Christ would have it? It's an easy thing to say, um, but what does that actually look like in our lives? Love impacts every area of our lives and how we interact with others. Um, and as, as I said earlier, true biblical love, love is a choice, not a feeling. So again, I asked some of my friends at New Day about what loving other people looks like. And they are going, uh, we're going to see that just now. You show love to other people by giving yourself for them You to do an something but to do now.
0: I show love to others by encouraging them in who they are and telling them that they've done a great job uh how do we show love to other people um you know you can invite them out to coffee or for dinner or just you know spend spend time with them get to know them and and and, and get to experience life with them that's how you show people uh, love to people
1: give them hugs um you you, you make them know that you
0: care for them, and make them know like not make them feel left out and if um if you see them upset you make sure you can solve them a to... i think um you love someone especially in a, in a relationship you can talk to them a lot you can see how they feel them on the the and you show love to other other people <laughs> through um
1: through serving those needs. So, like when you notice a need that you value in somebody that you love, you do your best to fulfill that need. These are all brilliant ways in which we can love people. I'm just going to read Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3 from the message translation. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you... Have a heart. If you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Love deliberately expresses itself in loving ways, always seeking the welfare of others. Love chooses to set aside our own preferences, desires, and even needs sometimes to put the other person first. So looking at the fruit of love this week, my challenge has been, what does living out Christ-centered love look like in 2022? My first challenge has been about spending time with Jesus. and um, Mark mentioned this at the beginning in terms of gardening. So if you know our garden, we have this ridiculous amount of rhubarb that I call um, growing by the grace of God rhubarb. Mark and me are definitely not gardeners. We do nothing to it and it just keeps on growing the soil that it's in is so fertile it begs the question what is actually under there but apart from that if you looked at our um Garden, you would know that Mark and me are not gardeners. But Mark's parents are gardeners. They love gardening and they try and encourage our children in that. And so they plant some plants in their garden and then they plant some plants in our garden. They're exactly the same plants. But what happens is, for example, we will then enjoy the raspberries from their garden, but we won't enjoy any from our garden. So I was really thinking about what is the difference there. This touches a bit on what Mark said earlier. So I could think of three things. So number one, um, just the time spent. They know what they're doing. There's commitment, there's prioritization, and they just get on with it. Um, So I was just reminding myself that I need to be intentional about spending time with Jesus. Um, Number two, they actually water the plants, which is a good start. So it's nourishment, it's intentional every evening they're out watering everything in the garden so we need to be nourished and refreshed by the holy spirit and number three they are passionately intentional about getting rid of any predators whether that's stamping on snails or catching squirrels in cages um, so, we need to be that intentional and that brittle about distractions in our life, anything that is distracting us from spending time with Jesus. So, we need to uh, spend time, plan that in, be intentional, allow the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to nourish us, and thirdly, be passionately intentional about getting rid of distractions, predators. My second challenge has been just about some practical things we can do to attempt to love those around us. Um, a few years back, Mark and me were at some um, leader training weekend, and in a meeting, they asked us to write down five words that summed up what we felt God's calling for us was. And I wrote down loving those who are the, who got it wrong, sorry. Loving those others don't love. I did manage to do it in five. So loving those others don't love. And in during this week thinking about love, I've just been really challenged about what God had said to me that on that occasion. So many occasions I feel I've missed opportunities or missed the, the mark on that. It can be awkward, tricky, time-consuming and requiring self-sacrifice. I think we're all called to a certain extent to this, those five things, loving those others don't love. But some of us maybe have a more particular calling on our lives. Maybe that's something we can respond to at the end. If we are going to love people, we need to spend time with people. And I mean people inside the church and people outside the church. Due to our different personalities and characters, some of us are better, more natural at doing that than others. But that's absolutely fine. There's no formula. There's no size fits all. We love out of who Jesus has made us and who Jesus is making us into. Um, So these are some things I've been thinking about. Um, So the first Letter of each thing makes the word loving. I think there's a name for that. I can't remember what it is. Um, So these are the things I've been thinking about this week, these six things. So first of all, love without an agenda. And What I mean by that is not love somebody because you want them to do something, but just to love someone just because. That's what we're told to do. That's what um, Jesus told us to do. Obviously, if we follow Jesus, then we're desperate, we're passionate, we want others to follow Jesus and know him too, and we're all about that. But we can also be about loving people just because, just loving everyone always. It doesn't need to be about loving someone so that they will come to an event or something like that. It's just loving people. Um, number two, outside the box or oh, outside the box. So be countercultural. Think about how we can love people who are completely different from us. People that we're not really meant to be spending time with. Church is an ideal opportunity for that. Our neighbours are an ideal opportunity for that. Um, Bob Goff, who I mentioned earlier, he says, you'll be able to spot people who are becoming love because they want to build kingdoms, not castles. They'll fill their lives with people who don't look like them or act like them or even believe the same thing as them. They treat them with love and respect and are more eager to learn from them than presume they have something to teach. He also says, I think Jesus meant something different when he said enemies. He said we should love the people we don't understand, the ones we disagree with, the ones who are flat wrong about more than a couple of things. V is for very simple. Um, sometimes there is time to listen to God and we might have specific words about specific things. Groups of people or specific people we have to love, but we don't have to make it overcomplicated. Jesus didn't make it complicated. We just love the people who are in front of us, the people that we see every day, our neighbors, our family, our work colleagues, people in church. Um, I is for I am present and engaged. There shouldn't really be an I in love. But if there is an I, it is about being engaged and present, about giving your best to other people, about living in the moment. It can sound a bit trendy, can't it, being present? But it's actually very biblical. The Bible talks about not worrying about tomorrow, but living in today. So we should be giving our best to the people we're with at that time, giving them everything. The kind of love that God created and demonstrated is a costly one because it involves sacrifice and presence. N is for no clock watching. What I really meant by this one was just time, but I had to fit it in. So time with other people. There are definitely times for boundaries and schedules and protecting time for certain things, but there are other times to be generous with time as others with others as that gives us opportunities to love and then g the last one great extravagant love we're never going to love people perfectly we'll make mistakes we'll get things wrong we'll miss things but we can choose to do it fearlessly furiously and unreasonably so let's spend more and more time with jesus and let's get loving so l love others without an agenda O, out of the box, love people we might not have immediately thought that we could love. V, very simple, keep it simple, love people in front of us, don't complicate it. I, I am engaged and present, be engaged and present when we're with others. When we're with others, give us give them our all. N, no timekeeping, so generous, be generous with their time. And G, great extravagant love, let's go big with our loving, do amazing things. Um, I feel so, so privileged to be a part of a church where people are so loving to each other. We see that again and again on Sundays where people are serving during the week um, where different relationships develop and people are kind and loving to each other. I'm so grateful for that and I'm thankful for God for that. Okay, you're going to get a little packet of Love Heart Sweets. So... um, Malika, now oh who's got Malika, Joanna, and Jacob? They'll pass you round a little love heart sweets that you can take home today, and let that be just let that be a reminder for us all this week um, to keep encouraging each other to spend time with Jesus and.